Hello and welcome to the Together for the City podcast. You're here with your hosts, John James and... Neil Powell. Neil Powell. Excellent. Thank you. That was correct on cue. Uh, We are church pastors in Birmingham in the UK and authors of the book Together for the City, how collaborative church planting leads to citywide movements. So thank you for joining us today. We wanted to put out a short run of conversations for two reasons, really. One is because we thought it might be helpful to talk around some of the issues that are raised when we seek to partner together as churches across traditional tribal boundaries to see new churches planted in our city. The second is because Neil has a truly wonderful face for radio and so we we didn't want it to go to waste, basically. Um, So the aim is that over the limited series of 30-minute conversations, we'll choose some suitable topics, bring in expert practitioners from around the world where available and hopefully record something that is useful for you in your context. So today we want to ask the question, why bother? Why bother? Why even bother with seeking to partner with others outside of your network and denomination? Neil, why is that even a question worth asking, would you say? Well, I think uh, mostly because if we want to see our cities reached for Christ and we see the scale and the size of our cities, the impacts of secularization and the nations coming to our cities who have no Christian heritage or background, the challenges to effectively reach every community in a city for Christ is huge. And it probably realistically in most cities of the world is going to be beyond the scope of any one tribe, denomination or network fulfilling on their own it's going to take a movement of the gospel to reach a city is what we sometimes say and a movement of the gospel really is a generous collaborative endeavor between churches across networks who say we can do surely more together than we can do on our own yeah excellent so we think we think we've got maybe 10 particular reasons why we should bother why we should bother with this at all 10 blessings if you like that flow out of a local collaborative church planting movement. The first is that healthier churches are planted. Would you agree? Healthier churches are planted through collaboration. That's our experience. I mean, we've been involved partnering together in the city here in Birmingham for 10 years. We've helped to see 19 new churches planted. Um, None of those plants have failed. I mean, that's just the wonderful truth that actually every one of those 19 is still going. Some are bigger than others. But if you were to ask those individual planters why, uh, by God's grace, they've seen those plants become established and become healthy gospel churches, I think one of the reasons that they would give is that it's just been great to work in a city with other church planters. There's value in being part of a national network, and many in our 2020 collaborative are connected with church planting networks, denominations up, uh, that are nationwide, but they mm. value the opportunity to gather on a regular basis with with other local church planters and pastors for peer-to-peer support and encouragement. So I think what we've seen and what those planters would say is that it's been a great blessing to them. Yeah, yeah. And it's difficult to sort of, I mean, there are certain ways that we should define health, but I think there is something, is there not, about the diversity of a movement where people are collaborating across some of these traditional boundaries that then feeds into 
the local church in a way that brings health. I think we're learning things from each other as church leaders, perhaps about uh, we're learning from one another about how to handle the Bible well, but also learning how to pray well or how to lead well or how to disciple well. Mm. And actually there are things that we learn where from one another where perhaps our particular streams are, they're especially healthy in one area. And therefore, we can learn across across those streams together. I think that's got to be the case. I mean, you and I are part of a more conservative, reformed network, the FIEC, Fellowship of Independent Evangelical Churches. That's about 650 churches in the UK. But I love being in the room. I love the richness of the yeah. diversity. Diversity was something that I would, I think, historically, diversity was something that would slightly scare me mm-hmm. to be connecting with those outside of my tribe who didn't necessarily share some of the same convictions that I shared, yeah. I would treat them with suspicion, I think. But actually what I've now come to really see is that there's great blessing if, of course, amongst evangelicals, this is not an ecumenical movement, but amongst evangelicals, mm-hmm. if we mm-hmm. can learn to, with a posture of humility, to say when others come into the room representing different networks, mm-hmm. to almost be thinking and saying to ourselves, what have they got right? Yeah that is maybe just either a blind spot for us mm-hmm. or maybe a weakness that we would acknowledge. Yeah, we're, we're not sure we're doing that or doing it well. So I think some of our charismatic brothers have really led the way, for example, in their in, in their prayer lives yeah. and how they pray uh, for church planters and church planting. I think they've also modelled what it is to take appropriate risk and a boldness mm-hmm. in their initiatives. And um, there's no doubt that ethnic diversity... Mm. is just it's just a huge blessing yeah yeah absolutely okay so healthier churches are planted more churches are planted we might want to say do you think that's true you know actually that you know as as we partner together we can do more together or plant just actually numerically more churches together than we can on our own I think so. Uh, We've seen that in a few different ways. One of the ways is by coming together under this banner, 2020 Birmingham, and by going public about our goal of trying to work to see 20 new churches in the city. It's been pretty evident uh, to people just through social media and the internet that there are opportunities to plant in Birmingham. And if you come and plant in Birmingham, you will have this peer-to-peer support network Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. the ground. So I think we've seen people raised up within our own churches who've been excited by the vision. I think we've seen people come to Birmingham because we've said, come and plant with us and through us, and yeah. we'd love uh, love to help you. And then, you know, some really surprising opportunities. A Romanian pastor mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. finds us on the internet and thinks, maybe I'd love to come to the UK and be part of a network that's trying to reach out to Romanians, Moldovans, Eastern Europeans... And we would never have met him if we hadn't formed 2020 Birmingham yeah. and um, and launched and gone public in that way. So I think it's it's happened in a few different ways. But mm. yes, I think we've see, we're seeing a multiplication yeah. effect yeah. and more done. Yeah. I think there's also a sense in which it helps to give confidence. So some church planters, you kind of, you, you just get a sense that they they have this internal call from the Lord, they know what they're about, they know what they're doing, they know what they're here to do, nothing's going to stand in their way, you know, and uh, and all power to them, really, and we pray that there'll be many like that, you know, yeah. who can come to the city and plant in, in, um, in sort of in the midst of unreached communities, but 
there were others, I think, who to some extent, actually 2020 Birmingham has helped them to believe it might be possible for them to be planters in the city, perhaps in a way that they didn't imagine on their own. And and so I think it, in that sense, it also kind of adds to the number because with a little bit of support around you, with brothers in Christ who are alongside you, um, knowing that you're coming to a place, as you've said, where we're supported, where there's people here, um, kind of makes you perhaps even feel this is possible, this is worth worth giving myself to um, and seeing what happens. I'm sure that's right, John. And um, we think we plant healthier churches. We <laughs> think under God maybe that a movement like this in a city could be a multiplier for church planting. So yeah. if others were to attempt this in their own city, they'd see more done. Yeah. And they'd see stronger and healthier churches. I think also we identify thirdly that there are greater partnerships and support that comes from outside because others want to get behind mission and global mission and planting and so on. They see a bigger vision yeah, and they're attracted to it. So that yeah. might be donors, trust funds, might be churches, both yeah. in the UK and overseas. Do you think that is, again, something that would work itself out wherever you were attempting these kind of collaborative endeavours? Well, it's hard to say for sure. I think it's definitely been our experience in the city um, that as we have begun to demonstrate, well, sought to demonstrate a generosity of spirit towards one another, we've found that that has been attractive Mm. to churches and agencies and others outside of the city who are looking to partner in global missions in one way or another. I think we've, we may say this in the book, I can't quite remember now whether, but we, I know it's <laughs> something we've been talking about, is actually that there is something of that spirit of generosity across tribal denominations that has always existed amongst evangelicals mm. when it comes to global missions. Yeah. And that really uh, all that a local collaborative church planting movement is seeking to do is to try and realise that same vision on the doorstep of the local church. And that's just attractive. I think when people are mission-minded, that is something they love to see and then love to partner with. So, yeah, I'd I'd say so, yeah. We also, fourthly, talk about a change of culture in the churches in the city that comes about because of this kind of collaborative church planting network in the book we we we, we talk about um a meeting that you were sat in many years ago amongst um solely conservative evangelical churches in the city and it was fairly evident that no one really had on their radar church planting in theory they were supportive of it happening but they didn't necessarily see that they personally had a role to play in it But I think what we've seen, and we sort of mention this again in the book, is that 10 years on, the same room of church Mm -hmm. pastors actually are talking very proactively about what it might mean for small uh, but real partnerships to develop so that uh, communities of need are reached for Jesus. Is that something you've experienced in conversation? What kind of changes of culture are going on in the churches in Birmingham, would you say, as a result of 2020 Birmingham? I think for some churches, they've just never been part of a church plant 
never seen it happen. There's just a degree of ignorance. What is church planting and how mm. would you do it? And could we ever conceivably do it? And what we've given them is, is a doorway to explore that by existing in the city, by having a church planting collaborative within your own city. It's not a big ask to say, just come and find out some more. Come to one mm. of our meetings, mm. meet with a few of us over coffee. We'll love to talk to you, tell you some stories about what God is doing. And some of it's just overcoming that ignorance. Some of it's a little bit of myth busting, which mm. says, oh, you can only church plant if you've got 150 people. Yeah. Or you can only church plant if you've got uh, an, a, an obvious community that's unreached. You know, there's lots of different ways of being involved in, in church planting. And I think by giving them access to church planters mm. in their city and a way in which they can see and taste a variety of different models of church planting and so on, they begin to get a taste for it mm. and are attracted to it. We sometimes say our desire is that every church in the city would just see church planting as an extension of mission, mm. as an extension of their evangelism strategy and program, um, just reaching a little further out maybe. So why shouldn't every gospel church have within its own DNA that if we could plant a church, we would? And I think that's what we're trying to move every church in Birmingham in that direction and by standing together in this collaborative um, we make a greater noise for church planting sure. amongst our peers in the city yeah i think there are also other ways the culture of the church is impacted when we demonstrate this kind of partnership particularly when it happens across tribal boundaries because i i, I certainly have experienced within our church at crossway just an, a greater generosity of spirit towards mm. other churches, even just other churches in Northfield. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Northfield is uh, just a, a suburb or a part of the city of Birmingham, for those who don't know our great city. It's the true heart of Birmingham. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no, but the point is that it's interesting just the way that I think instead of perhaps rushing to be critical of mm. what other churches might be doing or protective of what we ourselves are seeking to do there's just a willingness to recognize that where there's genuinely evangelical gospel ministry going on elsewhere in the city this it's it's the ministry of jesus you know it is mm. it is god's kingdom work and and therefore we should rejoice in it and delight in it and pray for it and support it i think people are asking me even within the context of our church you know they're asking more questions about what other churches are doing and how we can pray for them and how things are going and how they're getting on there's all kinds of ways that the culture in the churches is is kind of changed that's great john so we're looking at how much of an impact what kind of a difference would coming together in a collaborative church planning movement what difference would it make yeah. For your city, and we're kind of saying it would help see healthier churches planted, a greater number of churches planted, greater partnership and investment and interest from mm -hmm. outside mm -hmm. of the city into the city, and also a change in the culture as people see generous, open-handed collaboration yeah. in church planning beginning to infuse the churches around us. Let me ask you then the next one that we've thought about a little bit, which is... If you can come together in partnership for church planting, might one of the benefits be that it starts to occur to you, hey, there are other ways in which we can partner. Could mm -hmm. we have a collaborative endeavour that's not limited to planting but takes us further? Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so we, 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 we've been talking, we've been sort of ruminating, I think it's fair to say, um, about the development of what you might call a kind of gospel ecosystem for the city. So uh, in a sense, church planting is the specialism that we are really investing our time and our energy uh, into. But what we've already begun to see is that the fruit of collaboration at that level is collaboration in other endeavours as well that will benefit the city. So, for example, um, a number of churches might partner together, having in the context of Birmingham, have partnered together to see a Christians Against Poverty centre established in the south of the city, which serves a number of So that's of a social places. justice It's a social justice it, project, initiative. exactly, that helps uh, those it, uh, it, it, in debt to be kind of debt free to become debt free so we as a church have benefited we're you know our postcode is one of the kind of top eight uh, percent most deprived communities in the uk where we minister in northfield and we have personally benefited massively from the existence of that cap center uh, in the south of the city but it's happened because a number of churches were willing to partner together off the back of already having a relationship yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the key the, thing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Almost you need one way for the churches to begin to explore partnership and maybe that mission is the easiest way to engage churches in thinking of overcoming their suspicions of one another. It's for the sake of the lost. Yeah. Collaboration around a compassion for the lostness of the lost is the easiest way mm -hmm. to bring churches together in a meaningful way. But once you're there and once the relationships are there, mm. why limit it to yeah. conversations about planting? Why not social justice projects or faith and work projects? Why not consider training um, other leaders in the church mm. together? Or we, one of the pipelines that we've tried to generate for raising up church planters for the future mm. is to just develop a leadership track, mm. um, which we've called next generations to encourage churches to send their their potential leaders to a, a regular gathering which is hosted by the 2020 church leaders yeah. to give them some training on, on leadership there are all sorts of ways in which i think um developing partnership in one area can easily begin to facilitate and um, promote partnership in, in other areas too that's great so what's next john okay the next one <laughs> number six is happier churches. Oh, yes. So, I mean, firstly, this presupposes that City Church was unhappy. Is this right? <laughs> is this right before, before the establishing well, of 2020? Some what, would say so. <laughs> not, not me. What, is it, what, is, what does that mean, really? Happier churches as a consequence? I just sense, and people have said this to me in our own congregation, that they actually have grown weary of uh, tribalism. Mm. Um, that they've mm. just thought, hey, this isn't... New Testament Christianity, when you look across the pages of the New Testament, there are churches in different different ways working to serve each other, even to serve Christian communities that they've not met before or mm. may never meet. Mm. Just think about a collection for the church in Jerusalem there and uh, that Paul raises. But other ways too in which the Philippians are supporting Paul in his mission around Europe. We see it in the Bible and we don't see it in the church today. There seems to be a mismatch between our experience of the church, genuine evangelical Christians who expect to spend heaven together, mm, mm. who won't work together on earth. And people thinking that shouldn't be so. 
Um, it can't always be the case that we can work together, but are we even trying? And I think what the church has seen in Birmingham and rejoiced over is the power of the gospel yeah. at work to overcome some of our suspicions and our natural instincts to be a little bit proud and, and a little bit um, dismissive of others. It, it's overcome those things. And people say, that's God at work. Mm. And mm. that's what folk in the church have said. This isn't an endeavor that could have possibly succeeded if it weren't for the Holy Spirit. Mm. And um, so we rejoice at what God is doing. And the church breathes a sigh of relief and thinks, well, at last, something that seems to reflect biblical Christianity that we can celebrate here in, in our city. Yeah, that's great. That's great. It's interesting. We quite often talk about how really in this post-Christian age in which mm-hmm. we now live in the UK, almost sort of the the, the luxury of tribalism mm-hmm. is over. That's a good way of putting it. But I think that the knee-jerk reaction to that might then actually be to experience increase in isolation mm-hmm. as a church. It's not necessarily that you will then kind of take the blinkers off and find partners. It may actually be that you feel more alone, more isolated, uh, and more kind of individuated as a church family. Um, and perhaps uh, it, 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 you may even be aware of the good things that are going on in the city or the way that churches are being planted and people are being reached or people are coming to faith in other contexts around uh, around the city. So there is something, isn't there, about just celebrating together what yeah. God is doing at, at a kind of wider level in the city. And maybe we we could do more of that. You know, I sort of think about us as, as 2020, you know, we... It's something we really give time to in our uh, conference. It's something we give time to as leaders. But maybe we could do more to really just gather the church family, mm. you know, at, at large to celebrate that and to increase our joy really yeah. in the gospel. It's I think good. the other things just before we move on is it worth saying is that the reason we have happier churches is because they are seeing that we are planting healthier churches and a greater number of churches. So they are rejoicing that more people are getting to hear about Jesus. They are rejoicing that more people are coming to faith in Jesus and they can see it's the fruit of that generosity. And they Mm. say, well, this is the way to reach a city. And they're seeing it in small ways. They're beginning to see it manifested. And uh, they say, well, this is why we're here. And we're, we're glad for it. What's next? Okay, Where are so we? number seven, God blesses gospel unity. Neil, this sounds like uh, the moment at which you kind of tell us you've become a prosperity gospel <laughs> preacher. Uh, w- what does that mean, though, that God blesses gospel unity? Well, I think uh, we know the Lord Jesus prays for the unity of the church. Mm. And we know that he is working for that unity within the church. And I think we find written throughout scriptures where we honour the Lord in the way we're willing to defer to one another, to put one another's interests ahead of our own, to even in small ways lay down our lives for the sake of sister churches or churches that aren't part of our networks or so on. God sees not only what is done, but why, the motives of our hearts. And although we're far from perfect, um, Mm. he chooses um, to honour those who honour him. And I think that principle is is writ large through scripture. So it's hard to put it down to a, something very precise. Yeah. But I just think we have 
felt the Lord has not only been in this, but that he seems to have been leading it. I mean, I yeah. often say um, we, we have no staff. 2020 Birmingham has no staff. We have very limited time and capacity. We don't really know where the church planters are going to come from who plant with us. God just seems to keep bringing people to us. Mm-hmm. And I think he is leading and we are following. And uh, he is choosing to bless yeah. in part because of the the gospel centeredness of our of our approach here Uh, in many ways we don't deserve this but he is uh such a a father in heaven who delights to give his children good gifts and he has chosen to bless in this way amen just speaking personally i think um there is a lot of dying to self that needs to go on and Mm -hmm. has to go on in me when i um sat down talking to someone who's very different to me perhaps with a different way of expressing things perhaps landing on landing differently to me on different secondary Mm -hmm. issues Mm -hmm. um and so there's a refining that's going on in me that's trying to figure out okay what what does it mean for me to love this person well but not just in a kind of hey nice to meet you, see you later, but in a kind of, well, is there something we can do together? Is there a way for us to yeah. actually express our unity in Christ? Yeah. And that's a blessing, isn't it? I yeah. mean, it's a hard blessing. Yeah. <laughs> it's an uncomfortable blessing. It's it's part of our discipleship. It's part of our, therefore, our kind of growth into mm. the Lord Jesus. Indeed, the health of any any local church depends on our willingness to love and serve one another yeah and if that's true at the local church level why not at the city church level Mm. that the health of the church across the city is going to depend upon the degree to which we are willing to rejoice over the success of other denominations and planters who from whom we get very little sort of direct benefit from partnering with but Mm -hmm. we rejoice because the angels in heaven are rejoicing over the salvation of sinners, regardless of whether they're coming in and growing in our church or the church of another uh, denomination. Yeah. So number eight is that we think that one of the blessings of a local collaborative church planting movement is that it will reach unreached people. Yeah. I think what what I mean by that is um, there are particular parts of our city where... Either for historical reasons the church has been weak, or perhaps because of changes in the demographic and makeup of those areas of the city, where we as individual churches mm-hmm. struggle to think of how we could really engage those communities with the gospel. In a city like Birmingham, which is uh, very diverse ethnically, uh, you and I are beginning to really wrestle along with others in 2020, with the fact that one in five people in our city are Muslim, Pakistani Muslim, and we just want them to have the chance that everybody else has in the city of hearing about Jesus. And for that, we need a gospel light in their community. They typically live in one part of the city, um, and there is no Pakistani church Mm. in Birmingham of any description. You might say they're an unreached people group Mm. in one sense, but God has brought them here, and we would love for them to have a chance 
to hear about Jesus in a language that they can understand and in a culturally appropriate and sensitive way. And no one church is really, as far as I can see, I don't know what you think, but in mm. the conversations I'm having in Birmingham, no one church really feels up to that kind of a task. Yeah. And I think what we've done through 2020 Birmingham is own the problem and mm. say that 200,000 Pakistanis don't have a chance to hear about Jesus is not somebody else's problem because yes. I'm in a different part of the city. Yes. But I share that burden with other planters in the city to say we need to pray into this. We need to get the word out. We need to see if we can raise some money. We need to see if we can identify and connect an opportunity for someone who could come into the city and maybe could seek to plant some kind of gospel community or young church into that area. Yeah. And that's an obvious need, but there'll be many more other yeah. unreached people groups, mm -hmm. folk that the Lord have brought into Birmingham, where there again is no church in their own language mm. or in a culturally appropriate way for them to hear. Yeah. And um, just some joined up thinking. That's between right. Us. Yeah. I mean, I think we're sort of trying to almost step back a little bit and look both in terms of the demographic of the city, but also in terms of the geography of the city. Mm -hmm. And say, okay, okay, this isn't where I minister and serve, but what is going on there? What what is the is there anyone there that we can link up with? Maybe there isn't. In which case, what can we do together um, to see something happen? So it's 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 as you say, it's yeah. taking responsibility and seeing it as our our problem really. So one local church, it's too big a question for them to address where is their gospel need in the city so a local church can't do that a national network isn't going to do that they, sure. they they might think about a city as a whole they're unlikely to know and understand and to sort of dig down into sub-regions within a city but a local collaborative city network can own that question yeah of where yeah. do we need to see churches planted yeah and how can we work to raise up planters and resource them for that task excellent so the ninth is that there should be resource sharing, strategy and information. I guess we've touched on this as we've been going along, but suffice to say, if there's a context where you can gather, then there's a context where you can share and actually offer peer to peer support and best knowledge on the city and learn from one another in all kinds of different ways. There's a context for you to own the big picture and think strategically about the city as well. I mean, I know we talk a little bit about how we have been quite reactive as a movement in the sense that God really has led us entirely yeah, yeah. this far. But I think we've also identified that part of us sort of maturing as a movement or trying to grow up a little bit yeah. as a movement. As we grow up, we kind of need to move on to the front foot when it comes to strategy a prayerful strategy i mean it's not it's not kind of just purely believing we've got we've got the answers or something like that but just some joined up thinking that puts onto the front foot uh, a desire to identify areas and see them reached for jesus anything else you kind of want to say on that there's a little bit of just a numbers game so mm -hmm. imagine you were in a city and you were part of a church planning network and there were three of you in the city who related to that network then you could share information, you could share best practice, you could pray for one another as a as a as a three. And that would be great. And mm. good good on you if you were to do that. But if you could connect with the other planters in the city, you might find, hey, we could easily be fifteen people here, twenty. Now on our monthly planters forum, we would typically be what, about twenty five people in the room? Yeah. 
And so if we put our heads together to discuss a question, um, what is the impact of loneliness mm-hmm. on a city like Birmingham? How, we, how do we feel it and how do we as the church engage and respond to it? Mm-hmm. If there are 25 planters in a room, that's just a numbers thing that says we are probably going to find that we together will come up with a greater number of options, uh, more creative thinking, just some hopeful solutions for how to address that question of loneliness than if there were just three of us. So yeah. I think just the value of a greater number of people in the room, two heads are better than one, 25 heads are better than three. Yeah. And one of the things I've definitely noticed about the Planters Forum as we gather together is that people come back. Basically, yeah. people, they like it. They, they just like to be in that room. They like to be rubbing shoulders with other people who are thinking in this way yeah. about the city as a yeah. whole. And I think that's a really important element of all of this is that you only kind of really give your time to something that you find kind of thought-provoking, energising, uh, a, a context where you want to be yes. uh, in, yeah. in the end. I mean, we're, we're, we're all busy. This is potentially just one more thing to turn up to in the diary. Why is it that very busy stretched church pastors with big visions that they have that they own for their own churches and their own context are willing to give a whole morning or a month to meeting with other people in this way. I think it's a lot to do with the resource sharing, the strategy, the sharing of the burden, the sharing yeah. of the vision for the city as a whole. Um, so it's a hugely uh, energising yeah. place to be. Yes, I agree. I agree. Okay, so the last one then of our 10, we have got 10, we have got 10, is um, retention in the city. It gives you a reason to stay. Neil, what's going on with this this final point? Is there not enough reason to stay in the city of Birmingham already? At this great <laughs> city? Uh, what does this mean? Well, uh, my experience at a church that has a large number of college or university students, young graduates, is that they are the kind of folk who move on. Mm-hmm. sometimes that's just because a better job comes up elsewhere sometimes it, it, it can be for other reasons too but I think I want to give them uh, a reason to stay that is God's bigger vision for our city Yeah. so I hope they love being part of our church family I hope they have reasons to stay simply because they want to see our local church growing in its effectiveness to be a healthy gospel church that's reaching its community but if i can say to a young college student why not just give us three years why give why not give us five years ten years to this Mm. city and who knows where that might take you in terms of being part of a church plant now or, or in the future so the bigger the vision i think the more young hearts and minds get excited and um it's not as if they've got anywhere else to go is it Birmingham's the centre of the world. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, we. I mean, in a sense, the the book uh, that we've written together begins with this idea that we need to have a bigger vision for our city, and it really identifies that that the spiritual need as we grow in our grasp of the spiritual need, and as we grow in our grasp of the ministry opportunity we will then develop a bigger vision and in a sense uh, what you're saying is that if we can cultivate those two things the sense of need 
but also the sense of opportunity, yes. then there's absolutely every reason to just bed in, yeah. knuckle down, join the team, you know, be part of a solution, really, under God, by his grace for this city. I think that's right. And that's what we've seen. We've seen people in uh, growing numbers decide to be part of this bigger vision. Mm. And um, it's just a wonderful thing to see men and women in their late teens, 20s, just get really excited about what's happening and think, I'm going to give myself to this. And um, thrilled to have them partner with us, not just for a few years, but stay on for what we hope might be for some a lifetime. So there you go, John. That's ten. We ten. got there in the end. Thank you very ten, much. Ten Excellent. reasons why uh, we think a, a city collaborative movement uh, might be a blessing to your city. And you may be just beginning to think about these things. It might be that uh, you just have in mind already a few other church planting pastors mm -hmm. or just church planters in your city who might think maybe we could do more together than we could on our own. If we could see five six seven eight ten differences that this would make to our city than if this collaborative didn't exist at all then that might be a reason to pick up the phone yeah have a cup of coffee with uh with one of those pastors who maybe is from a different network and say could we could we come together in some way mm. Mm. excellent well thank you for joining us for the together for the city podcast we have been your hosts John James and Neil Powell, pastors in Birmingham, authors of the book Together for the City, how collaborative church planting leads to citywide movements. Thank you.